Welcome to the Career After COVID podcast, preparing for success after the pandemic, with Fleur Hull and Kim Korelievich. Hi, Kim. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you, Fleur? Good. It's been a good week, another busy week, uh, just being in isolation, strangely. Uh, the time gets filled up, doesn't it? It is. It's a sort of a high-functioning high isolation or something you know I'm just yeah. you know how people have their high functioning nervous breakdown I refer yeah. to this <laughs> if there's such a thing but yeah so yeah I know yeah. what you mean it's um <laughs> it, I mean look I uh, I get that some people are bored and I guess there's the board I bet Someone was talking about boredom online on one of the feeds I was reading and, and saying it's not that I don't have anything to do, it's just that I don't want to do the things that I have to do. <laughs> I want to have more choice. That's right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so, and if they had the option to do those things they wanted to do, they probably wouldn't do them anyway. You know that yes. thing where you, you always want what you can't sort of have. So. I know. And that's one of the things that I'm reflecting on in this time is how great it's going to feel to do those everyday things once this is kind of either over or, or in the next phase or whatever. Just imagine how we're going to feel the first time we get to go on a holiday on a plane again. I... I talked about that the other day and I said, you know, right now I'd love to be going to Hawaii, going to a spa, having massages, yes. um, going to the beach, and it was doing all these really heavily kind of tactile, yes. you know, connected things. And But the, the, the irony is, if, you know, people would go, oh, if you could go on holiday right now, where would you go? And I'd always be like so in my head about whatever else was going on that I'd be like, oh, I don't know, like um, I don't know, you, you come up with something, give me some options. You know, whereas right now I'm like, I totally know what I want to do on holiday. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that whole tactile thing. I think yeah, yeah. Um, the, like, I really miss, um, I mean, I know I can go to the physio and stuff under the restrictions, but I'm still a bit funny about it. So that whole idea of just having someone give me a good solid massage just to get Absolutely. the knots out of my neck and back and stuff has... Um, yeah, I totally get that. I, I could go to a, a spa for a week for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so how's your week been? Have you uh, seen any interesting jobs or applied for anything? Um, look, I've applied for things sort of consistently. Yes. What I'm at least get, not getting is complete rejections. I'm now getting this kind of communication back saying things like, We've had an unprecedented high volume amount of applications and we're still reading them, so don't give up hope. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, I, you never, ever get those kind of responses ever. No. Like, I'm not getting a job, not getting interviewed. I'm not, at least I'm not being rejected, but, hey, you know, so I'm, there's a lot of that sort of stuff going around Isn't now. Isn't that interesting too that the, the HR people are uh, communicating differently you yep. know there's a there's a real care carefulness and kindness yep and and don't you think or I think anyway that that this whole HR process has been ready for a change anyway yes. you know the amount of jobs like I, I don't know if I was talking to you about this but you know you go on to seek and you find these amazing jobs and you know I, I feel like half of them don't really exist 
they're kind yeah, of... Yeah, we said that, I think, in last week's episode yeah. or chatting with each other. Exactly. I feel and that so, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm stunned at, you know, I can see... Uh, um, hotels, for example, advertising right. for marketing people. And I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, it just, I, I can't imagine that they would, would not have a hiring freeze on in the, in the, in the current climate. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And just that process. I remember like years ago, I mean, I had never really gone through HR, you know, agencies much in the past, maybe for some temp work, like a long time ago, but I remember going to one and going, booking an appointment and they'd go, what do you want to do? And like, what, what are your skills? And like having a conversation and you'd feel like they were actually out there looking for work for you or trying to match you with the right job. Whereas in the last couple of years, maybe I've started tapping into those HR agencies or departments or whatever. It's kind of like, you know, it's like the algorithm didn't match. Yes. So you can't even get a phone call, you know, and yes. I feel like that's just crazy. Like, you know, I guess, but the term HR, right, human resource, yes. <laughs> it kind yeah. of does kind of lend itself to being kind of very cold and calculated yeah. anyway. It's interesting you talk about that because yeah. um, um, it's true. The evolu- I mean, really a lot of those recruitment agents are, you know, really are salespeople. They're business development people. Um, but it it has ebbed and flowed in my observation in terms of the level of uh, going into bat for you that they've, uh, I've I've dealt with a couple in the last couple of years where they've really been about helping me to understand the job, prepare for the interview um, and, you know, get get me in, in front of the, the decision makers. Um, the other thing, it's probably, oh, it's probably nearly 10 years ago when I was uh, working in a vice chancellor's office at one of the universities. And we used to get um, recruit, recruiters actually emailing or calling us saying, I've actually just come across this amazing uh, applicant. I know you're not advertising any jobs, but they've come out of you know a university in the UK. They've done all these incredible things, and I think they'd be an amazing addition to any vice chancellor's office or senior admin sort of role. So they're actually pitching people to us. Um, but but on the flip side, I've I've absolutely had a lot of experiences where you just yeah you, you never hear back from the people or you. Um, yeah, you, you just don't feel like they're really interested in you and, and maybe it's because of your suitability or, or non-suitability for the role. But, uh, mm. yeah, you'd think they'd be building their networks so that they could yeah. work on later. And I think I touched on, yeah, again, the, the whole idea that I'm a generalist and didn't have a niche and um, someone I did speak to, a recruiter, um, did say that was to my detriment. She said, oh, I need to be able to say... Kim's an event manager or Kim's a workplace health and safety manager or Kim's a, you know, I had to be a, I had to be yes. a, thing, a thing. And I'm like, well, okay, like I'll, I'll become a thing. What thing do you want me to be? Yeah. <laughs> Will it give me the job? I don't know. But I, that, yeah, I keep sort of, I guess, you know, I keep coming back to that point about this niche versus generalist thing, you know, and we had a little chat about that offline before, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, we've sort of segued off into other territory, but 
um, yeah, the HR process. It's kind of like, hmm, interesting. I wonder if that'll get a shake up because we are, I am getting much more thoughts or kinder responses. That's great to hear. Interesting. Great to yeah. hear. Yeah, it'd be nice to think that that continues on beyond mm. this uh, this crazy time. But only time will tell, I guess. Mm. Um, I did. Oh. I did just mention the uh, the topic of networking. You know, in terms of the HR people, and um, it has been interesting in in communicating to my networks that I'm doing this podcast with you. It's really interesting just having people from ages ago in my life, like, uh, what, 12 years ago when I did my Masters of Marketing, getting in touch with me and saying, hey, you know, it's a crazy time and great to see you're doing something. So just reigniting uh, those networks I think is um, it's hard to put yourself out there as someone who doesn't have a job. I mean it was, it was really, yeah, hard saying that. <laughs> Um, but people, I think, like we said, with the HR people, I think people are in a, a kind frame of mind. Fleur, do you think at some point, and I don't want to jump the gun, we're only on the second episode. Yes. Can <laughs> <laughs> we get an HR person in and have a chat with them? That's a great idea. And say, come on, let's, let's, be, let's be frank here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we can ask questions, and maybe our lovely, beautiful followers on our Facebook page and group can post questions that they've had pressing. I mean, I know I've probably got about five, so yeah, you should think about getting someone in on the Zoom, and we it would be gentle and lovely, of course. But of course, I feel like there is a shift, and it'd be interesting if they're feeling and seeing that shift as well, and how might we move forward? Yeah, fantastic. Yep, Ooh. I'm all over it. Yep. Yeah, cool. I okay. like it. We'll find yeah. someone. Yeah. I'll, I'll find someone. But let me know if you've got some contact. I might find. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the country Queensland. But, um, <laughs> no. Growth area. Can you gild a stallion? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's what we're looking for. <laughs> um, how have you been anyway? <laughs> yeah, good. I, uh, I haven't applied for any jobs this week. Um, mm. I've it's now school holidays so it's pretty full on with uh keeping the kids uh I've I've been trying to keep up the the homeschooling um yeah. even though it's holidays uh just to keep kind of the rhythm of that in the day um but yeah it's it's my kids are fabulous I'm really fortunate I mean they're so engaged and enthusiastic and energetic yeah um which creates its own challenges as well in the sense that they, um, they you know, want to be stimulated and challenged and interested the whole time. Although having said that, they are quite happy when I say to them, okay, it's time for you guys to just watch a movie so I can get a few things done. Uh, they're pretty good about that. So um, the, the amount of food that we're going through, just having everyone at home is, yeah, unbelievable. But it's... Um, they seem to eat more at home than they do in their lunchbox when they're at school. But anyway, um, no, I'm good. I'm um, I'm still waiting to hear back from Centrelink on my job seeker application. Um, and um, I'm weighing up what I'm going to do, whether I am going to withdraw my super um, because it is, you are sort of talking about maybe, you know, 20 grand out now is probably worth over 
100, 120 grand when I retire. Yeah. Because of the, the compound growth. So um, although I would really like to have that buffer, I'm just what, weighing what, that up. So I, I totally get what you're saying, but I have to wonder what $120,000 will buy in another 25 years. True, true. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. well, the whole inflation thing. It I mean, is, look, yeah. yeah. In, I look, mean, I'm not. The returns have been greater than the yeah. rate of inflation mm. uh, up till now. You know, mm. we've had. Uh, are you still in Uni Super? No. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm with Australian. Okay. I just went with kind of like this sort of agnostic, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Uni Super's had great returns, but I mean, everyone's lost stuff mm. this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, who knows where it's going to come to. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, so that's sort of where I'm at, um, just waiting for Centrelink um, to, I've just borrowed a bit of money off my parents just yeah. to. You know, I had to get my car serviced today, so I had to borrow that off Dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just the space I'm in. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I have to say knowing the kids are probably going to be able to go back to school is is uh, is very heartening for me because it means that I can get back to trying to apply for more jobs, try and earn some money through my own kind of, you know, sole trader, ABN-type freelance yeah anyway um one of the things that I've been doing the last couple of weeks and we talked about this being what we we'd mentioned in episode two is getting to know me a yes. bit better and a really interesting thing that uh, I did was I redid the Myers-Briggs type indicator mm-hmm. uh, MBTI and I'm not sure if our listeners will have all heard of this but it's a a personality type uh survey that you undertake or questionnaire and it allocates you one of 16 personality types based on two um what's the word two uh you 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 get a, a group of four letters based on the answers that you give and each of those letters stands for where you are on the a continuum in a whole range or across four continua, continua. Is that? <laughs> Am I sounding completely confused? Anyway, look, someone should look it up. I mean, if you want, sorry, someone. Our listeners can look it up if they don't know about it. But um, the, the website I use was 16personalities.com. And the stunning thing that I found, I always have thought, because I did it about 20 years ago, that I'm an ENTP, mm-hmm. which means I'm an extrovert a um, intuitive, a thinking and a perceiving person. Uh, I'm not going to go into the detail of what that means. People can look that up for themselves. I'll put some notes in the Facebook group as well. Um, But I do remember when I did the test that I was borderline on the N and T and I redid it and I'm actually now an ESFP according to the survey I did recently. So instead of intuitive, I'm more on the sensing side and instead of the thinking, I'm more on the feeling side. And the descriptor they use for the ENTP is a debater. And the descriptor they use for the ESFP is a performer and or entertainer, I think they called it. And that kind of made more sense to me. I'm, I'm not really an arguer, a debater. 
Um, whereas I do like having a bit of an audience. As you know, I've always loved telling my stories. <laughs> and here I am podcasting. Just like that. Yeah. Imagine that. I know. So anyway, I encourage everyone to, to try that. It's just one of the many tools that you can use to get a sense of who you are. But I'm really keen to hear about you, Kim, and the exercise you were undertaking and how that went for you this week. Yeah, well, I'm going to do my um, Myers-Briggs again too, actually, just on that point. But, okay, so last week I talked about how not sure where I'm, you know, I'm looking for a job obviously, but wanting to rethink, recalibrate what's important to me and, and what kind of job now, you know, in, in the kind of like desert of no employment prospects, like it's a good space. So I did, I talked about how potentially I'd think about someone I'd like to be like someone with a career I'd like or something I'd like to do. And, you know, I I went through a huge list and I, I thought of all these people that I admire and I really like and I just kept going, no, actually I don't know what interest in their life. It was really funny. But one thing that I do love is French cinema and French TV. So I had was, no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. One of my favourite things. I did French at university for a while and in high school and it was a thing I wanted to pursue but... Dropped it. Anyway, on it goes. I love French. Um, <sighs> so there's a fantastic TV series called Call My Agent on Netflix, right? And it's set in a talent agency in Paris. Oh. And it's kind of like a drama comedy and all the agents are all like fake and actors. But what they have is all their talent, all the actors they represent are the cream of French film and TV. So they're real actors. So like Juliette Binoche and you know, Gerard Depardieu and Monica Bellucci and all these people are actually guest stars each week and they kind of play these hyper versions of themselves and it's all kind of a hijinks and it's great. And I, um, when I was very young, I studied drama and theatre and I had an agent myself for a while and, you know, would do like commercials and, you know, I loved doing all of that, like an extra on a million different films and all sorts of stuff. So I did know that about you, but I didn't yeah. know about the French thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always been a love of mine. And that's just, it's one of those loves, you know, you don't even talk about those things. You just love doing it. So anyway, I was watching this Call My Agent and I was always interested in the casting process. I really loved actually going to castings and auditions. I was one of those weirdos and, you know, rejection is huge, but I was just like, Gee, that was interesting though. Like, you know, and quite often I'd get, you know, the casting agent asking me to do the lines with other people auditioning and stuff because I was quite, you know, easy with it all. Anyway, I watched Call My Agent. I went, that's what I want to do. I'm going to be an agent. I'm going to get back into that world and in Paris on top of it. How fabulous. So I started immersing myself in, oh, there's three series of this show and I've seen it all before. So I started loving that and going, oh, this is so cool. Then I had those epiphany moments where I just went, yeah, what is, what is it about this that I'm liking? And I thought, oh, it's fun, it's interesting, it's, um, you know, they're all at the Cannes Film Festival, it's glamorous, it's all those things I do love, like I love French fashion and um, the theatre and the acting. And then, you know what occurred to me, Fleur? I just went, do you know what I'd be doing? I'd be playing that supporting role yet again. And the last few years of my life, I think work-wise, I've always been in these sort of jobs where I'm supporting other people to become amazing, whether it's in startup world or, you know, program development or supporting students to become entrepreneurs or yeah. whatever I've been doing. And 
I kind of went, do you know what? I don't think I want to be the supporting player anymore. I think I want to be the star. So I'm, I'm shelving the whole idea of becoming a theatrical um, actor's agent in Paris. <laughs> what, what, a that, great, what a great process to go through. It's amazing. obviously something in you, though, that, that does... And there's a bit of that in me as well, like actually helping people yeah. and organisations to reach their yeah. potential. That's my real passion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I agree. There's, there's this other side then you think, well, why would I be doing that when I could just be? I think it's the, maybe it's a little bit of um, risk aversion in us. I, I think so. I but think we don't want to be the star in case we get rejected so we can just be the person behind the scenes. That's right. Yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit easier and it's not not as risky. I think that's what it is. And you know, it takes a little less having to be, you know, push yourself and you really have to look at your own self-esteem and that's probably something I really really need to look at anyway, I'd say. And I think we all do. Exactly, you know. Always you know, on an ongoing yeah. basis. Yeah. So I think yeah. that came out really strongly for me this exercise. It was like I actually want to do something. And then on top of it, as I went through all of that, I, it, it came to me that I actually want to do something quite, you know, like globally extraordinary. Like there's actually this fire in me that's never burnt out that actually wants to do something. You know, like I don't want, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I can easily talk myself into, well, I live in this really cute little country town and as long as I can pay the mortgage, I'll just, you know, trouble along. But there's actually a part of me that goes, no, I want something immensely big and I want to have that glimpse. And, again, I mentioned this last uh, week, this inspirational moments that give me a glimpse into these bigger, more successful worlds that I clearly want to have a glimpse at and have a crack at. So in doing all of that, I was sort of thinking about all those sort of startups and business ideas I've had and worked on in the past and I thought, you know, all the brilliant businesses like Airbnb and Reddits and all these of the world, you know, where, where did, what did they do? How did they get that push or how did they get that skill? And I think, you know, I've done a lot of startup design and thinking, lean canvas, all that sort of stuff, but I kind of wanted to get some kind of push motivation and I thought, where did all these, you know, the Airbnb founders go? What did they do? And, of course, it's Y Combinator out of San Francisco. Um, it's a sort of startup accelerator program. So it's the best in the world. What's it called again? Y Combinator. Y Combinator. The so letter Y or the word Y? Y, yeah, Y Combinator. Yep. Um, and it's quite famous in those circles, right, startup ecosystems and stuff. Yes. And I just went, well, that's the best. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to the best. So I Googled them, went in, wanted to see what they're up to, and, of course, they've got a program that you can join. But they also have a thing called Startup School, eight weeks completely free. It's amazing. It's online and it's all about, you know, getting your ideas out and all your minimum viable product and all this kind of stuff, right? Oh, but my gosh. They've got all this free. new thinking. It's insane. So you can do the eight-week Startup School for free and then what you can do is apply to go into their fully-fledged program um, and I don't think it actually even costs anything, but they do expect you to spend a bit of time in San Francisco because it's very immersive and intensive. Yes. And they're also venture capitalists as well. Yes. So, so what they've invested in is kind of the biggest and the best. But again, I think we, you know, I'll definitely share 
um, Y Combinator's web address because there's this sensational program that you can do. Like, it's amazing. Um, and like I said, I've done, operated in this space quite a bit on and off. But, you know, you know when you hear something, it's like it's new thinking. Like I haven't yes. heard that. I was thinking I haven't heard that before. And they're anti-jargon because that startup world can become, it can be a little bit of an ecosystem that is a little bit, you know, unless you're in and you know, you know, the words to use. And <laughs> it's impenetrable. It yeah, is. it is. It well, absolutely is. It's, it's, it's um, intimidating. It is. Well, they're anti that. Oh, wow. They're anti that. And I was like, I love you people. So that was my, so I started with who do I want to pretend to be this week? Yes. And I sort of enrolled myself in a, um, the world's best startup school. <laughs> well, I can totally see you doing that. Yeah. I can actually see you and you know what I said to you when we were talking about getting this podcast up. You you have one of my favourite brains in the whole oh, world. Oh, thank you. No, you do. You're just the way. And I think it, it comes to, it, it really points to that idea of kind of high-level generalist. Mm that you've got experience across so many different areas and and can pull pull a lot of different strange things together bits of data and information and make something coherent useful and successful out of it and um yeah i could i actually could see you yeah being world 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 big global Aww. global kim I can. I totally can. You're, 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 that's doable for you. And I'm really glad you found this Y Combinator. Do you know what actually the Australian government should be getting so many of the unemployed people to be doing something like that rather yeah. than, have you looked into this whole short course thing that they're proposing? So for those of you who don't know or are not in Australia, the federal government's supposedly going to um allow the universities to provide um, short courses dis- at discounted rates, like a graduate certificate if you've done a degree already or a pre-university certificate for six months um, to what was the quote? Instead of people binging on Netflix, they can binge on study. That's right. Now, it's a really great idea in principle, but I've been reading up on the, the policy analysts uh, view on it and there's just there's nothing in it for the universities to do it because they get less funding than they would for a student already involved enrolled um so okay. it's less profitable in a time when their incomes are down well, so it- the idea that you know someone could be doing something as as amazing as this startup school if they if they're that way inclined I mean not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or mm-hmm. has that way of thinking, I guess. But there would be some out there who definitely, you know, would have thought of starting up their own businesses. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. We should direct people to that. That's a, that's a great find. I will, yeah. And, look, on that, the universities thing, I, I stalked that. I'm like, I where? Which universities? Which courses? And where's the information? And it seems like it was a great media release, like, you know, hey, no Netflix study. But in terms of the actual content of actually doing it, that's still very light on the ground. So it is, but they need to be starting May first. Totally, I know. (laughs) So could you imagine the? I mean, the universities trying to pull together. I mean, it would be you would assume it would be things they're already offering. They'd be pulling them together into graduate certificates or whatever. 
But they're going to be charging like a tenth. That's what I don't understand. So a grad cert, let's say each sub, four subjects, three grand each, it's 12,000. And, um, but they're going to be offering them for like 1,200. So I don't know how that benefits. Yeah, the universities mustn't. Well, the universities still get, they still get a, the, um, the subsidy, you know, that they okay. get for all Commonwealth-supported places. But yeah. um, because the fee that the student's paying is less yeah, and there's no legislation, it, it's outside of the, the legislation, the Higher Education Support Act, all of this. So yeah, it would right. have to be legislated to, to work and that's not going to happen because Parliament's out. So, yeah, exactly. look, it's a bit of a mess. Um, but I think the idea is very good. I just think they didn't go about it. They'd be better off giving people a voucher. Exactly. And use a voucher to go and study, um, yeah. and then and then they enrol in things that the universities are already doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or private providers. A lot of private providers have got really really good courses. Oh um, look, General Assembly is amazing for yes. the kind of tech startup marketing. Yes. Yep. social media, whatever you want to yes. do. Like they do extraordinary work. Amazing. Yep. Fantastic rates of placement as well for graduates out of that. Yes. Like, really love general it's assembly. Pre-coronavirus anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn learning. It's obviously yes. it's not accredited, mm. but to get those skills, you know, whether it's PowerPoint or uh, Adobe Illustrator or... Mm. Um, Excel. Yep. Python, you know, Python. go the coding, all of that. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, oh, I'm a big, a big fan of that one, and it's certainly a lot less than twelve hundred and fifty dollars. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So, wow, Kim, what an amazing journey. So, do they do they start this this startup school regularly, or is it just you enrol well, whenever? Or I'm just doing. I've just signed in to get, and I'm accessing all the free content. So I am exploring the full realm of, you know, what I, what I need to do exactly. Um, but at the moment I'm just going, there's like 11, 11 lectures online that you can do. Yes. Um, which, you know, so far have been fantastic. Uh, they, they're very, you know, they push, they, they're really clear about what the intention is of it all too, which I really like. It's like launch fast. You know, like they don't say fail fast. They go launch fast. You know, let's launch fast and set some real tangible goals and the difference with a, you know, a startup in that term, startup versus a small business for them is that they're hyper growth, fast, fast growth moving businesses. Yes. Um, and, you know, your, your sort of metrics of measurement are growth. You know, like they're, they're quite frank about it all, which is great. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's been really interesting. So I'll definitely put some links up to what I have found and even if it's just a matter of going through and doing the free content, um, the program, I think, the official program that you apply for starts in June. Um, I mean, I think they get applicants from all over the world. I mean, they'll be, they're inundated with applications for that. Of course. Um, so it would be interesting to see how they're planning to do it this year. Yeah, starting exactly. In June. Exactly. I guess the good thing about tech startup world is that, you know, you can be the remote geek. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for sure, yeah, but if you know, they, want, they want you to come to San Fran. Exactly, yeah, so it. what about is directly, yeah, face-to-face immersion sort of work. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, meanwhile, I can definitely share some links about that. 
That'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, to the Good faith learning group. experience. Yes. <laughs> we wanted to talk about um, personal values today, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and I've been doing a bit of exploring. Uh, I guess I've, I've done this from time to time over the years to get a sense of what it is that um, uh, what I pr- value in my life, what my values are, and also what my priorities are. And I think sometimes I, I've I've been uh, I've got the two mixed up occasionally. So I did this sort of list of the things that that I I wanted to value in my life and it was more like a list of priorities around um you know family is number one for me um and health Mm. and friends and then things like freedom and then my work my work comes down the list because it's just a means to I don't know I mean I enjoy it and I but when you think about what would you prioritize if one of my children is sick that's obviously goes way ahead of you know a meeting I've got to attend for work um yeah so um but yeah I I did some exploring of um there's a whole lot of content online and I'll share some links around just getting lists of values and working out from those lists the words that appeal to you things like honesty integrity generosity kindness um you know the things that really drive your goal setting and your actions in your life um, and the, the desire, I guess, for intrinsic rather than extrinsic motivation and rewards. That's something that I've been focusing on. So thinking really about what is what is it inside me that, um, you know, lights, lights the fire, like you were talking about with this idea of, of uh, exploring being a theatrical agent um, and then actually realizing, well, that that speaks to one part of what you want to do, but actually the real fire in your belly is around being the star, right? Yeah, the star of of some entity. Yeah, I think that's about it's about like leadership. Yes, you know what I mean? like I just want to. Yeah, but anyway, no, keep going. I'm interested yes. in what you're yeah. saying. So I'm trying to um, pull together some stuff, and again, I'll put it on the uh, the the Facebook group and share it um, to uh, the Twitter feed as well. Um, uh, in terms of how you can set up uh, a system, uh, I, I guess even of managing your time on a daily or weekly basis, that starts with thinking about your values, and instead of getting caught up with stuff that is not really about getting you to where you want to be, actually setting your timetable and your schedule for your day and your week and the actions that you will take to direct you towards the things that you value. So, and helping you to, you know, yeah, to work out, like, you know, is is your desire to to be, yeah, the leader, you know, leadership is a value, isn't it? It's a, it's a you, you, you want to, pursue a life a professional life that involves you leading and inspiring others yeah yeah I think that's it and I think um I don't know if I've ever done that you know I've probably had jobs where I was the manager or something but not purely in that real leadership kind of style and I think that sort of will reveal a lot about um 
you know, the values and what it takes to be a good leader. Yes. You know, and that and that that trip down that road, whether yes. it's about leadership, may push me down some other path, you know, yes. to go, well, actually there's this quality of leadership that's more interesting to me than that global success or something, you know. So I think this is an endless little journey down the different little parts of the river, you know, like I'm going down this way, but I might actually get pulled down this way. And I think just going with it at the moment. Absolutely. Is, yeah. I think that is the the beauty. And we talked last week about the freedom that a time like this affords a lot of people because um we're sounding very first world, aren't we? Very privileged. But yeah. um um it's stressful not having money. There's yeah. no two ways about it. But um, for me, at least, I'm not, you know, I'm not homeless. Um, I guess, yeah, I, there, I do have some choices uh, and in terms of exploring where I want to go, I mean, especially assuming that I get Centrelink, then at least my expenses are going to be covered and I'm not going to have to keep, um, you know, drawing down on my mortgage and stuff like that to yeah. just get by or borrowing money off my parents, which is pretty tough to ask when you're 45 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I am fortunate that that, well, <laughs> they've got money because they're not going away on cruises. <laughs> See, there's a silver lining right there. <laughs> <laughs> they're never going on them again. You know, I mean, this is why that whole industry is, it was their favourite thing, you know, to do every couple oh, of really? years, go on a cruise. Oh, they loved it. Mum loved it because uh, she didn't have to, uh, she just unpacked once. Yes. Good and on that her. Was it. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. So it wasn't like a lot of holidays where you kind of, you know, a few days here, a few days there, and you're kind of having to pack up again and make sure you don't forget anything and all that. Mm. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, they've got, you know, a little bit of spare change to help me pay for mm. my car service. But <laughs> um, but what I was getting at was the liberty um, of, of our situation, uh, even though we're unemployed, it, it does give you a chance to take stock and work out what it is you really want to uh to do and achieve so i yeah. think we talk more uh we're just running out of time so talk mm-hmm. more about um the the process of aligning actions with values um uh, on on the next episode yeah was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh wrap it up um not really i don't think i'm looking at my notes because I, I started doing voice recordings this Which week is fantastic. Well, be proud to know yeah um <laughs> did you transcribe them uh i i not fully so i wouldn't have say i fully did them but i use like you know online post-it notes so as i listen back i just take down different points and you know sort of um take it down that way and it was kind of good i did it i did one in a paddock and there's lots of horse noises in the background, so that's sweet to listen back to. I kind of enjoy that. Yes. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm going to continue on this exploring journey in terms of the startup stuff and the program, the Y Combinator stuff, um, continue with my job applications because yes. I have to just, you know, I kind of feel like I'm just putting them out in the ether, though, to be honest. Like I feel like off it goes. I wonder if it will come back. <laughs> You know, um, I just, it's a bit. It's pretty demoralising, isn't it? 
that's the hard part. So even though I'm still doing that, I feel like, yeah, this other part of, you know, let me explore who Kim is. It sound it does sound kind of first world, but it's kind of does actually counteract the I'm typing up this thing and pushing it out into the ether and I'll never hear back from it ever again. So it is yeah. a little bit of a, you know, positivity on the other side of it. But, um, yeah, so I'm just going to keep going with that. But I think aligning values and actions is an awesome, awesome topic yep. to go on with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. So we'll, uh, we'll record again next week. I'll, we'll get this one up in the next few days. And um, just a reminder to subscribe, join our Facebook group, it's in the notes from the episode and uh, follow us on Twitter and we'll uh, try and get more and more content out there to help you with your journey through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for chatting today, Kim. And uh, I'm also going to look, look up and see if we can get an HR person in, a recruiter. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Brilliant. Awesome. Okay, thanks. Have a great week. I will. You too. See, see you. Bye. Bye.